Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. I'm your host, True Forms Drew Taddeo, fitness expert. Today we're talking about self-sufficient and Father's Day. All that and so much more coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body with True Forms Drew Taddeo, fitness expert on 96.5 CKFM. Sometimes I talk about the medical system. I said this before, but I think we have an incredible medical system, especially compared to what other countries have to offer. Although I am hard on it at times. I believe there are clear improvements we can make, so it's better for everyone. I suppose not on the business money end of it, but that's another topic. Much like I do with myself and our exercise program, I believe you can get every advantage from taking parts from each medical system, bringing them together to heal, treat, prevent, and improve quality of lives. That's what we're all after, isn't it? It doesn't always seem like it. The medical system is a business when it comes down to it. It makes billions of dollars. And what are they doing? They're solving a problem, which is why each business exists or why it doesn't exist if it's not able to solve a problem they're after or if there isn't a real problem that needs to be solved. The real problem isn't our medical system. It's the way we think. It's our attitude or get rich quick mindset. It's the throwaway mentality. It's the drive-through so I don't have to get out of my car or fast food in general so I don't have to cook. It's that attitude and medical system that gives us what we want. The truth of the matter is we don't want to eat better to improve our lives. We don't want more effort. We don't even want quality. What we want is fast. We want it cheap and we want it replaceable. And that's all there is to it. Why would we change our lives if we could pop a pill and it's over with? Never mind the side effects. There'll be another pill for that too. They've given us exactly what we demanded and now we crucify them for it. Sure, I complain about our medical system, but for different reasons, mainly because drugs are abused by us and because drugs are overprescribed. But I truly feel fortunate to live in the place I do because of our government. I think each one of us should have to go and be sick or hurt in another country that doesn't have the medical coverage we do to know what it's like to have what we have and be grateful for it. How about that? Think that would breed appreciation? I remember when I was living in the U.S. for a while, I had strep throat. It cost me $100 for the doctor to tell me I had strep throat. (laughs) And that was after a few hours in the waiting room. Even then, I didn't believe in prescription drugs for the most part. Nor could I afford them at the time. So I went home unhappy, uncured, and no real answer but frustration. $100 is a lot of money when you're in college. Or if you're a single parent. Or if you don't have a job. I couldn't imagine how much the medicine would have cost. What if before you're allowed free medical care, you have to live in a country for a number of months? (laughs) That's a laugher, I know. But really, when you think about it, most of us have no idea what it's like to not be able to afford medicine. Certainly not my generation or the next. We have no idea what it's like to be in debt for thousands of dollars because of a car accident. We don't know what it's like to be turned away at the hospital. These things happen. They really do. And we sit here and complain about, well, whatever we choose to at the time. Back to combining treatments for healthier lives. I believe we can prevent as opposed to treat. I believe it's better to be proactive instead of reactive. I believe food heals and we have the ability to heal ourselves, which is all explained in our new book called Elevate Your Health, available online at trueformlife.com or locally at Health Street. There's another book I'd like to recommend that I've been reading because it talks a lot about what I believe in. Never studying or having learned about Chinese medicine before, I can't believe the similarities in this book and my own beliefs. The book is called The Chinese Medicine Bible, by Penelope Odes, The Definition Guide to Holistic Healing. This tiny book has so many interesting things in it. It talks about acupuncture and acupressure, herbal remedies, 
which include foods, roots, and tea, along with moving, healing, and breathing exercises to increase your quality of life. Check it out if you get a chance. It's available at your local library. If you're interested in natural holistic healing, this is a must read. In this segment, I want to talk about being self-sufficient. Being self-sufficient is something I feel is very important. Personally, I don't like to rely on other things, people, or circumstances very much. Of course, we all rely on other things more than we know. But if we can find a way to do, have, grow, or make things without the reliance on others, we would all be much better off. Instead of buying food locally, we rely on a long chain of other people and resources to make it possible for us to eat seemingly cheaper foods, for example. Let's use fruits and vegetables. There's the labor to plant and pick the crops. There are manufacturing plants because long-distance distribution usually means a bigger corporation is making the transportation possible. Trucks go hand-in-hand with the transportation. Then there's boxing, storing and shelving the product at your local grocery store. So as you can tell, or knew before, this is a long process and a number of different people involved. What happens if we use a local farmer who does all this themselves on a family farm that's been there for generations? Not only do we feed and support a local, but we're cutting out a number of different steps. Better yet, what happens if we grow our own garden? What if we put in work ourselves? Watch each seed we've personally planted ourselves turn into the food we eat. This is being self-sufficient. And this gives each one of us a step up in the food chain. Growing your own food, there's a special energy in each food we consume. There's a clear increase in appreciation for the hard work you put in yourself and get to reap the benefits of it. I recently talked about eating raw foods and the kind of alive energy foods still contain, not being cooked, killing many of the nutrients. Food has energy of its own. I believe energy changes in food when it's not taken care of, as you or I would from your own garden. Foods being sprayed with chemicals, thrown around, frozen, transported. This all takes a toll and changes the positive energy, the energy we consume when eating. Another important fact is price when being self-sufficient. I'm fortunate enough to share a garden over the summer. Having a mainly plant-based diet, my grocery list is cut in half growing my own food over the summer. It doesn't take much, which is why I encourage everyone to garden or share a garden whenever possible. All you need to do is put in a little work and you'll be able to eat your own grown foods, save money, appreciate the process of growing your own foods, and you'll be able to appreciate the flavor in real foods that aren't commercially grown and distributed. Have you ever tasted a garden tomato? Have you ever tasted the homegrown tomato from the greenhouse? I'm sure you have. Have you ever smelled a garden tomato? Have you ever smelled a greenhouse tomato? Try it this summer if you haven't. Then smell and taste the tomato shipped in from who knows where. I guarantee you'll notice a clear difference if you pay attention to it. Growing your own food is only a small step in working your way to be self-sufficient, at least part of the year, unless you're fortunate enough to live somewhere you can grow your own food all year round. I ran into this website the other day while doing some research. It's an incredible resource with tons of information on how to be self-sufficient. It's called Go Self-Sufficient, and the website address is goselfsufficient.co.uk. Some of the topics include live self-sufficient and make money doing it, how to keep a goat, how to keep chickens in your garden, how to grow just about anything. Other interesting articles are make your own soap, make your own organic cleaning supplies, and one of my favorites, which I've never heard about until now, how to make your own cob house. The short of it, a cob house is made from mud and straw. In fact, one third of people on this earth live in a cob house. It was thought of as a lower end house in the medieval times for only servants, but that's not entirely true. After the cob house idea was pushed aside for many years, it came back when living in a house made of earth made sense again. In the 1980s, a cob house sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars. This website's really cool. I could get lost in it. Again, it's goselfsufficient.co.uk. Check it out when you get a chance and find some ideas on how to be self-sufficient yourself. 
Exploring Mind and Body with True Form's Drew Tadia would not be possible without the help from the following sponsors. AG Foods in Didsbury, Shoppers Drug Mart, Health Street in the Cornerstone Shopping Center Olds, and the CLC Fitness Center. All of them uniting together for a healthier tomorrow. To find out more about True Form Life or to become a sponsor of the show, visit trueformlife.com. Father's Day just passed, so I thought we'd do a segment on not only fathers, but parents, families, and expectations. The way society works and expectations of ourselves and parents is something hard for me to wrap my head around. I've had the opportunity to live in different areas and experience how expectations differ in different states or different countries. I went to school for a couple years in the Midwest. Not sure if living in the Bible Belt has anything to do with it, although I'm sure there's a relation. In the Midwest, at a young age, women are expected to get married and start a family. That's what's expected. That's what happens as a norm, period. When I was living in Los Angeles, I lived in a predominantly Hispanic area where it didn't seem like it was a big deal for a 16-year-old to get pregnant. Now, I'm not saying that was expected, but I'm saying if it wasn't the norm, their society would do a little more in prevention, in education. I understand people are trying to make a difference and the population is so large it's hard to make a clear change. I'm only relaying my perspective. Germany was quite different. It seemed as though people took their careers more seriously and many people wanted to be established and financially stable before they started a family. So I saw a lot of older parents with young children. I don't mean old per se. I mean old being older than 18 to 22 with a brand new baby. The pressure that's most evident with us is friends. You see it and hear about it all the time. A friend has a girlfriend, so another one gets one too because naturally they don't want to be left out. A friend gets married, so their friend gets married and so on. Then of course there's the baby, which again draws another chain reaction. I'm sure this sounds funny to some, but I've seen it myself and heard others talk about it many times. You have women worried about starting a family and their biological clock. And of course, the fear of being an old parent, whatever that is. You have pressure from family and friends. And how about mom who wants a grandbaby? The one that gets me the most is the white picket fence scenario. I don't know exactly where it comes from, especially being that our divorce rate in North America is well over 50%. But at some point in our lives, we decide we wouldn't be happy if we weren't married have a house of our own, a baby, and maybe even a dog. This is what I call the white picket fence scenario. To top it off, we've decided we'll think of ourselves as failures if this all doesn't happen by the time we're 30. All sounds absolutely ridiculous to me, but that's only my opinion. Clearly, with how our society works, my thoughts would be thought of as ridiculous by many more than people that would agree with me. Let's get back to Father's Day now. We talk about the divorce rate and expectations. Let's talk about the norm of fathers. I think a lot of the time fathers get a bad name or don't get enough recognition for what they do. You get that single parent thing so many of us have been accustomed to. With the norm, at least here in North America, more times than not, it's the mother who raises the child. Sometimes the father is still involved with the children, and sometimes they're not. Regardless of circumstances, we as people have no issues about being a victim our entire lives. If there's a problem or an adult issue we have, we can always trace it back to our childhood, now can't we? We were treated wrong. We were abused physically or mentally. Mom or dad left us. What it comes down to is accountability. We choose not to be accountable for our actions, so we put blame somewhere else. It could be parents or another situation. Recently, I had this conversation with someone who went through exactly what I'm talking about. They got married at a young age, had a baby, and are now divorced. What they told me was, I didn't know any better. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not a cop-out. It's not an excuse. That's exactly what our society expects. And that's exactly what happens to many people these days. I suppose what I'm getting at is although we're quick to pass the buck, blame, or not be accountable, many times it's not our fault. Many times we are a product of our environment. Life happens at times, and that's all there is to it. Sometimes parents aren't ready to be parents, 
And then we get children raised by single parents because the other side doesn't know any better. That's not letting the other party off the hook either. We need to take responsibility for our actions. This message is more for those who think they don't have a choice but to be a victim, who blame a parent for leaving them, or hold internal anger for this reason. I have some good friends that are now fathers, some that didn't have much of one, and some that have been raised by their best friend. Either way you look at it, I know they'll be great fathers, either because they want to give their child something they never had, or because they want to give their child what they did have. I'd like to wish my father a happy Father's Day, my friends who are now dads, and to all those dads who make a difference every day in their children's lives. We can't thank our sponsors enough for being a part of the show. Wouldn't be possible without them. Be sure to check out AG Foods. They support local farmers, and they're truly making an effort to give you healthier choices with a gluten-free section and an organic section. That's AG Foods in Didsbury, so be sure to check them out. We have a new sponsor that jumped on board with us. That's Lens Chiropractic. In fact, we have a special guest for you next week, so don't forget to tune in. Michael Lenz, who's owned his own practice here in Olds since 2000 has been the Olds Grizzly team chiropractor for the past 12 seasons and is currently enrolled in the clinical neuroscience program. He'll be joining us for an interview. Again, that's happening next week. So tune in. Same time, same place to catch that interview. That's all we have for you this evening. As always, I'm your host, True Forms Drew Taddea, fitness expert in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. For more on True Form's Drew Tadia, visit trueformlife.com or call 403-510-4915. Exploring Mind and Body with True Form's Drew Tadia would not be possible without GDK Gravel and Sand. They've got the best rock for your road. Call them today, 1-877-335-2091. That's 1-877-335-2091.